Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to the Repack. I'm Just Mosqueda. Um, I'm here with Evan Tex, Western Savers of the People Tex. Hey, everybody. Uh, Justice, hope you're doing okay. You had a little bout this week, but uh, you're back. You're sounding mostly solid over there. Yeah, I'm like probably 80% better. I, I was on the COVID list, which is why you guys didn't uh, get it intercepted on Friday. Uh, I haven't left my house since Sunday. So <laughs> other than to take out the trash, that's the one thing that I've had to do. But other than that, we've been basically quarantined. Apparently, every single person at the uh, New Year's party that I was at, other than my girlfriend somehow, and then one of our other friends ended up getting it. So it was like eight out of ten. Not not yeah. great. Zero it's, out of ten. Do not recommend. Do yeah. not recommend COVID. Not fun. Yeah, it sounded like you had a little bit of a rough week. So happy to happy to hear you're back and uh, mostly functional again. Yeah. Speak speaking of mostly functional and back, Packers offensive line, baby. That's right. The uh, the Packers uh, lost thirty seven to thirty to the Detroit Lions. Um, Billy Turner is still out for COVID. Um, we we never really got clarity on like what his timeline to return is uh, as the right tackle. But uh, you know, Dennis Kelly ended up starting there. David Moore, the return man, was also on the COVID list. Those were the only two guys still on there. David Bakhtiari came back um, after what he said. He made it sound like he wasn't confident. You know, coming into this week that he was going to play, even though you know Matt Lafleur said on Monday he was like, you know, we're hoping. David ends up practicing and playing. And uh, he was even saying on Monday that, you know, Jair Alexander without practice because he was on the COVID reserve list might've had a chance to play in this game. And then that, you know, didn't end up happening, even though Jair practiced on uh, Friday, Myers ended up starting at uh, right guard or sorry, he started at center, which pushed uh, Lucas Patrick to right guard. So Royce Newman ended up not starting, which I thought, was interesting. I mean, that, that was something we've talked about all year where it's like, if you're yep. getting your best five out there, no Newman isn't one of them. So yeah. The very telling that they, revamped. yeah. Very telling that that was what they decided to roll out there is that starting five. Um, I think barring something unforeseen here, I think that's going to be the the five that you get uh, starting, you know, in the divisional round in two weeks, unless Turner comes back at right tackle. And it's worth noting too, that like when they benched, you know, quote unquote, like bench their starters. There, there's not enough players on the team to like actually bench all your starters. Yeah. Bakhtiari came out. He actually came out like at a different time than everyone else. Um, Bakhtiari, it, it seemed like it was fatigue issues is what they were t- saying. But it, yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That was LaFleur's comment that he came off. I think it was middle of the the last touchdown series that, uh, that the starting offense was out there for in the end of the first half. Um, and I think on the broadcast, they said he went into the tent and was, was going in with some trainers and they were, they, they looked kind of concerned going in there, but he came off and, uh, was smiling and just, you know, put his, put his baseball cap on and, and was chilling on the sidelines. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's all it is. And, and, you know, continuing to work back and, and now that he's got those reps under him, um, they look good. So, you know, hopefully that that's a good sign for two weeks from now. Now he's got 13 or 12 days, whatever it is now uh to to rest up and be able to get ready my Myers also left the game um seemed like when when Rodgers went out you know and, yep. and love came back into into the game um and when he went out 
uh, Lucas Patrick ended up taking over at center and then they plugged in uh, Newman back at right guard. So something to look into. I mean, there was some talk in the APC slack uh, earlier about kind of like, you know, playoff best five. Like if all these guys are healthy, what does it look like? And I'm not opposed to the idea of Billy Turner kicking into guard, honestly. Yeah. And then having Kelly just locked down at, at a right tackle. If that's the situation that it needs to be, because if it's left to right, um, Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, uh, Turner, Turner and Kelly, and then Kelly with Nyman off the bench with uh, Patrick, Patrick off, off the, off bench. the bench, Newman yeah. as your offensive line eight, right? Yeah, like your number eight guy. Like that's that'll about work as good as you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. And that'd be the the polar opposite of last year, right? Where Bakhtiari goes down right before the playoffs, you start dra- having guys dropping like flies. Um, and, and you're, you're, you know, last year you were losing guys at the end of the season. Now you're, you're suddenly getting these guys back. Um, that's, it's, I think why the vibes are so much higher right now, just across all of Packer nation about what this team can do compared to last season. The other thing too, is when Nyman came in off the bench, he still looked very good coming off the bench. If he didn't look like he was ready, I, I would be a lot more, cautious about Bakhtiari's situation because having a tackle drop out of a drive mid drive for fatigue isn't a normal thing right yeah. like Bakhtiari's situation is you know very unique in, in and of itself in terms of like the amount of times he's looked like he's progressed and then taking the step back right um yeah but if if Nyman looked like he's a guy who needs like a full week of of prep to get ready for a game that would completely change my mind of like how, yeah. how secure I feel about that left tackle spot going into the playoffs. But he came in and, you know, instantly was just like, you know, who he was, you know, the entire season, which is a pretty good tackle. who's probably getting better as the season goes along. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there was a thing going around Twitter earlier this week and um, it was asking about most improved player over the course of the year. And he's got my vote for, for most improved on this team. Um, just what, what he showed, you know, development throughout the entire season. Um, he, had, he put some ugly reps up in the preseason again this year. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, for him to, to come along the way he has um, going up against some damn good edge rushers all season long too. Um, yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's hopefully, you know, they'll be able to find a way to keep him around maybe as a swing tackle for the next year or two. Cause I think he's trying to remember if he's going into year three or four, if he's in that, exclusive rights or if he's going to be a restricted free agent this offseason but uh either way like you'd certainly love to see them bring him back and and have that depth uh coming back at at the tackle spot he's an rfa right now so they'll probably hit him with like uh like what is it like that third round tag or something that is like two million dollars and then no one yeah probably that low tender so um it should be noted too i mean nyman was a guy who even like in august was behind like Ben Braden was getting, you know, Ben Braden was getting reps over him as the replacement left tackle when they didn't know, you know, what Bakhtiari situation was going to be like. And Elton Jenkins was still playing some guard and stuff like that. And, you know, there were, there were times in the summer too uh, where Elton Jenkins was banged up and he wasn't playing too. So, yeah, I mean, this was a guy who was like a legit roster bubble type of dude. And now he's looking like at the very least in two years when the Packers no longer have, uh, you know, RFA rights that, He's going to end up being, uh, if if not one of the highest paid swing tackles in the NFL for someone, then a borderline starter for someone. 
Yeah, somebody's going to pay him some money to start for sure, I think, because um, guys his size and his athletic profile um, with experience and, and tape that, that shows that they can play left tackle at, at the NFL level, they don't hit the free agent market very often at all. So I definitely think he'll, he'll draw some interest next year if he doesn't end up signing a long-term deal in Green Bay. So the big questions we got injury-wise in terms of just coming out of this game, um, Aaron Jones also didn't play and Devondre Campbell didn't play. Their issues, it seemed to be like they were still practicing throughout the week. So that seemed to be more of like, we have nothing to play for. And this is like, is yep. actually something that's going to hurt you? And you don't take any running back and linebacker. Like, yeah, you are the guys who hit people and take hits. Like, let's how about we settle down on this one a little bit? Yeah. Um, but moving forward, Jair Alexander, still a question mark. The Darius Smith, still a big question mark. I mean, he's tweeting out the, clock the clock emoji and stuff like that and I'm like yeah. i don't know man like you're not practicing I don't, I, are you ready <laughs> to come back or not I don't, I don't get it yeah i don't know who that was intended for if that was like a hey guys put me out there and, and start going or I, I don't know i i have no idea what to do with that but um yeah it certainly seems like if alexander had been able to go a full week of practice that they probably would have played him in this game to get him some snaps so um, and the only reason he didn't was was because of COVID. Right. So I got to imagine that he'll be active. Um, I still want to see what they do with him. Um, if they if they put him inside, if they put him in the slot um, and keep Stokes and, and Douglas on the perimeter, or if they do put him out there in, in place of one of those two guys on the outside. Yeah, and something that we noticed last week and then, what, it must have been three weeks ago against the Ravens now. Um, King, again, played in the dime. So. Yep. Seems like he's taking over that role. When they go into dime, it's going to be four-corner dime instead of three-safety dime, um, where, you know, Henry Black used to be the second slot, and now it's Kevin King. Um, so if, if they play that kind of a defense, I mean, you would think that even if you're a nickel, like Channon Sullivan then moves to that dime slot, and then now it's a competition between Channon and King, who, who yep. comes in on, like, third and six plus, you know, with, yeah. with Rasul and – Stokes and Jair just locking it down in, in nickel and in base, you know, on, on base downs. Yeah. Again, who, who else is going to have a secondary that's got that kind of depth uh, in, in the playoffs this season, if, if you get him back and you're running, um, you're running Sullivan and, and King is your cornerbacks four and five. That's, that's ridiculous. So um, it's, it's going to be exciting to see what they do with him. And it'll be interesting to see the matchups too. I, I could see maybe them, you know, depending on who they end up drawing in that divisional round, I don't know, maybe that affects a little bit what they decide to do um, with that, that secondary. Yeah. And shots to the coaching staff, because the last two weeks we've seen uh, limited snaps of uh, Isaac Yadam playing yeah. a secondary. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I mean, he, he's Ugh. a good, he's a good special teams guy. He's a good vice guy. He's a good gunner. Um, defensive football is not where that guy shines. And every time he comes out of the field in those fourth quarters when, you know, there's nothing to play for and they're just rolling guys out there, it's like they just target him immediately. Yep. Um, yeah. And that was a guy who maybe under a previous staff, like, could have just started the entire season. Like, they're, you know, they said, hey, this is where we have him on the depth chart. This is what we think he is, and we're just going to hang him out there. And, you know, shouts to – Gutekunst for, for making the move for Douglas. Um, yep. The difference between those two is night and day in terms of coverage-wise. Like, that's huge well, signing. Huge and, signing. And if, if they don't get Douglas, you probably see Adam a lot in the second half of the season. Yeah. And 
I almost would would guarantee that 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 probably changes a game at least one. Um, probably they're not two the one th- seed. They're not the one. No, seed. no, absolutely yeah. not. Um, I mean, and and with obviously with all of Douglas's big plays, I mean that Arizona game, the the couple of you know the the other couple of picks he's had, the pick sixes, like Yadav's not giving you that. So that's at least one one game worth of value for sure. Um, I don't know how they how they address the the cornerbacks value in terms of of wins over replacement over at Pro Football Focus, but if your replacement is Isaac Adam, that's uh, that's got to be worth at least a win or two for Douglas. Um, let's talk about the uh, playoff picture a little bit before we yeah. get into this game on a more granular level. Um, Packers one seed, Bucks two, Cowboys three, Rams four, Cardinals five, Niners six, Eagles seven. So basically, the the Saints got got the boot and nothing really changed in terms of who had the lead um for the for the divisions coming into it you know the rams was kind of like the question mark they ended up actually losing to the niners but so the cardinals also lost to the seahawks so it didn't end up mattering um so we're gonna get uh let's start with four and five the cardinals are going to the rams that's gonna be a fun game where it's just like shootout one of your quarterbacks is definitely going to do something that's just going to crush you period yeah i i don't see either of those defenses um you know really holding up that well i mean seattle put up 38 on arizona today um 190 rushing yards from rashad penny another 98 receiving yards and two touchdowns from tyler lockett like I think that's been the biggest issue as much as anything with Arizona this, this last stretch when they've really tailed off, you know, the last five, six weeks of the season after being in position for the one seed, um, their defense has just kind of fallen apart. So that's going to be interesting to watch. And, and, you know, Cooper cup and Matt Stafford just lighten up the scoreboard again. Um, yeah. Those two teams split the the season series, both road teams won uh, those, those two games. So that'll be a fun one to watch. And, and it's always fun when you get those divisional games. Uh, those teams know each other so well. They just played each other week, uh, was it like week 15, I think? I think so. So, yeah, they're pretty uh, pretty, pretty closely removed from their last meeting. Um, so that should be an interesting one. Good old rubber match. Yep. The other, the other thing, too, is neither of these quarterbacks have, like, won a big game in their life. And yeah. <laughs> I, you, you, everyone loses sight of this. That Kyler, you know, after Thanksgiving or whatever, turns into a pumpkin. And then Stafford, anytime the lights get a little too bright, uh, you, you know, he doesn't end up looking right. So mm-hmm. it's one of them is going to have to win. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, what narrative even gets constructed out of this game. Um, the next game, uh, the three-seed Cowboys are hosting the six-seed San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy had, like, the best game of his life. Um, I don't think yeah. that's happening again. No, I don't see it. I think uh, that I, I'll, I'll say that drive to tie the game and send it to overtime was remarkable on his part. Um, that's the best foot. That's the best drive of football he's ever played. I think in his life. And, and yeah, I don't think that's going to be sustainable. Um, Trayvon Diggs might give up 150 yards in coverage to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, but he also might pick off Jimmy G two or three times. So um yeah and i don't know i still don't know what the hell's going on with that running back situation is you know if mitchell's gonna keep getting getting the reps or you know if he's gonna be fully healthy who knows but um yeah it's it's one of those matchups that takes you back to you know as as someone who's old enough to have grown up in the mid 90s with the cowboys 49ers matchups in the playoffs 
um, that'll be a fun one to watch just to, to bring some of those back to, um, yeah, back into the forefront of my, my memories. And then the last one, Bucks are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, who shouts to the Eagles. They traded Carson Wentz for a first-round <laughs> pick and cap relief. They got the cap relief, by the way, and the first-round pick, if, yeah. if you're checking at home. To the Colts, the Colts lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars today in the, the clown game where all their, their fans are wearing the red noses because they're tired of Trent Baalke and they want him fired. They lost that game. So now, now the Colts aren't in the playoffs. They have a quarterback yep. that they don't believe in at all. Yeah, I mean, you no. can't you can't tell me they believe in him moving forward, and they don't have a first round pick, and no. and they have to eat all that cap space. So the Eagles now yeah. are, are made it in the playoffs with just basically just saying Carson Wentz is no longer on our team. We are a playoff team with Jalen Hurts. I don't think they have enough firepower, but like the X factor is like, so the Bucks don't have a B anymore. The Bucks secondary is still somewhat of a mess um and then like i guess like goddard being an x factor with like jalen hurts running the option like i yeah. i guess that's the path to victory for the eagles but i feel like i feel best about the bucks winning and, and making it into the next round relative to anyone else yeah and so much of the strength of the the eagles is that running game and that's always been a a, a pretty good strength of this Buccaneers defense as currently constructed is kind of shutting down the run. So if they can, um, yeah, if they can do that and keep, uh, keep Hertz and Sanders and, and those guys kind of contained and, and force Hertz to have to throw the ball from the pocket, that's pretty much going to be it. And they can just, you know, to do that, they can let JPP and Jack Barrett tee off and it's going to be over pretty early. All right. Do you have anything uh, in general about this game you want to touch or you want to head to break and, uh, get granular into this the the only other thing i think that's worth mentioning is that um yeah thank god the packers got out of this pretty much unscathed the one injury was uh looks like mvs went out with a back thing um yep so that'll be something worth worth watching but you know we'll we'll hit it after the break but uh packers still have their wide receiver too on the field so i'm i'm feeling pretty good anyway leave it there all right we'll take it to break and uh, we'll come back with vibe checks. And we're back. All right. Start on the offensive side. Uh, shouts to Devontae Adams. Broke the franchise yardage record. Um, yep. Got that in in the first half. So then, you know, everyone else could rest. But thankfully, uh, we, <laughs> we already touched on Newman being replaced at right guard. I, I thought it was interesting the beginning of the game, how different of a tone it immediately took when Rodgers knew that he had Myers at center and Bakhtiari at left tackle. He's holding on to the damn ball. And it I was feeling very uncomfortable because yeah. I was basically watching that game. I guess this is a bad analogy because you know Aaron Rodgers' parents and whatever his relationship with them are, but like it felt like I was watching like my son, you know? So you're like, oh my god, <laughs> don't get hit, don't get hit, don't get hit. That was my entire first half experience with this Packers team. And he just kept holding on to the ball. He was like double clutching on like RPOs. I know he threw that touchdown to like Lazard. Um, oh, and that like pick play RPO, but like, dang it, man, get the ball out of your hand. Like, there's nothing to win here. Nothing. This was the uh, the the game that really, or the first half that illustrated the whole theory that Rodgers plays better when he has a worse offensive line in front of him, and therefore has to get the ball out quicker and in rhythm. Um, that's been a popular position among a few of our our folks at at Acme Packing Company. I know Paul for sure has been uh, pushing that, that theory for, for several years now. 
Um, but yeah, he he was there were there were a handful of plays, sure, where he's getting it out in rhythm, but he definitely felt like he was he was more willing to just let the the play set up and, and sit back there and, and trust the guys in front of him to to keep him clean. I don't know, maybe some of that too was wanting to wanting to get Adams the record early. Um, I thought it, it looked like maybe he was he was staring down Adams a couple of times, trying to get him a couple of big plays to get that record right off the bat and you know get it get it out of the way and get it done with. So maybe that played into it a little bit too, but um, yeah, he's, we, we just got to make sure he doesn't start going hero ball, you know, late 2016 era Rogers. Um, Cause that's, that's not how this offense works. <laughs> and we want to, you know, stick, stick with what's been working, you know, the last two seasons, man. Yeah. It looked like a totally different game. Like yeah. he, he didn't play like he had, you know, the entire rest of the season, there was a ton of like, uh, I'm going to drop back, like pat the ball a little bit. And then I'm like running like into the a gap, like, mm-hmm. Oh, there's, there's a hole here. I guess I'll run there. And it's like, Oh, we haven't seen this all season. Like where did, where did this come from? <laughs> there, there was a lot of like, I guess not buyer's remorse. Cause I didn't want him to even play in this game. Frankly, yep. I, I, I didn't really want that. Um, there's nothing, if there's nothing to play for, don't let him in there. Like have Jordan love out there. If you want to get Devonte the, the record, let Devonte play some snaps. That's basically what my thought was, but yep, not great. Not great. Um, Bakhtiari was pulled for Nyman. We already touched that. I think they both look good. Uh, MVS was questionable to return for the back injury for whatever that's worth. So it doesn't sound like it's that big of an issue. It, it sounded like it was more on the uh, Jones Campbell uh, spectrum mm-hmm. of like, yeah. do we really need him to push him right now? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. If there's any question about it, pull him off, keep him, keep him off the field and, and let him rest up for two weeks. Um, beyond just that RPO touchdown, Lazard also had that crazy touchdown <laughs> that like he like tipped back to himself. That, that was, was nuts. That was great. That's making the top ten next next summer of uh, you know best best package plays from this past yeah. season. That that's making it. Yeah. Well, so so is the uh, Josiah Deguara sixty yard touchdown oh my tight God. end screen too. Didn't know that Love guy it. had that kind of wheels. He didn't know he had that kind of wheel. You see him look back like 10 times. Yeah. He was like, where, where are the DBs? If you watch that play, um, who is it? I think it's Lucas Patrick. Just clobbers yes. someone. Yep. Just absolutely just dirts a guy. And then he like takes out the corner, I think, because he dirts the guy so hard. And that's part that that's what springs Deguara and why Deguara looks over his shoulder three different times and is like, why am I this wide open? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was fantastic. They, they were using the tight ends. They were rotating them a lot, um, mm-hmm. even early in the game. Uh, three tight ends in the first three snaps I have written down. Five different wide receivers in the first three snaps. So, like, everyone was kind of getting involved real early on. Daphne, signs of life. Um, love to yeah. see that after, you know, a couple weeks of him dealing with that ankle injury and getting passed up by Tyler Davis and stuff. Didn't really see a ton of Tyler Davis, but he definitely was out there. Um he did uh, did drop a could be touchdown from Jordan Love. Um, yeah, it was on the the field goal drive or, or something late, or maybe it was the Patrick Taylor uh, touchdown drive. But uh, yeah, a, a great touch pass from Love um, to the that front corner of the end zone and just just off of Davis's fingertips. And Greg Olson was getting on him a little bit for that on the on the broadcast. That uh, of course the tight end thinks that the the tight end should be able to catch that ball. So. Um, you'd love, would have loved to have seen it, but, um, 
I, I, I still think Tyler Davis is, you know, he's going to be good for 15, 20 snaps a game in, in the postseason and probably a couple targets and, yeah, move the chains a couple times. And I would love to see that seam ball that he caught a couple of weeks ago from Rogers again at some point. Um, Cause I think that could be um, if he can contribute in that way, that'd be a something that I don't think you really have from a lot of the other guys at that position right now. Yeah. And he, he's a guy that I ended up charting what, where he lined up and the run pass splits um, after last week. So they use him uh, as a Y, which is like the inline tight end, which is like Mercedes Lewis. So he's kind of like the pass catching option with the hand in the dirt type of guy. And then they also use him whenever they went into empty, um, not this week, but last week, they, they would use him in empty and they would have him on the number one. So it's like a legitimate pass catching threat split outside, but to make it so that you have more slot receivers on the inside, if, if that makes sense. So. Yep. That's kind of how they end up using him. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Winfrey had a fumble. Not great. This dude, what is it, two fumbles and six six touches or something like that? I think that's what it was, yeah. Not not great. You'd like to see better. You'd like to see better yeah. than that. Um, he did. Uh, they did come back to him for a, a big catch on third down another couple plays later. So that was at least build up a little bit of confidence there. But, yeah, if Juwan Winfrey is playing major significant offensive snaps, uh, before this season is up for this team. Something's gone horribly, horribly wrong. And the thing is, there's like maybe a chance that he's going to have to. I mean, depending on, I guess, COVID, right? Because COVID just could impact everything. Yeah. But Randall Cobb coming back adds more depth. I'm, th- I'm thinking of all the guys ahead of him, like in terms of position snaps. It has to be the three major guys, Cobb, Equinamia St. Brown, and then it's him because he, he was getting more wide receiver snaps than Malik Taylor or Amari Rogers, but he still even then wasn't getting that many. And a lot of those were against uh, the Arizona Cardinals that one week when yep. everyone was just out. So yeah, he definitely is a positional wide receiver more than like a special teams guy, but it's not like they really even need him right now. Um, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he moved back down to the practice squad, if you know, Cobb and, yep. uh, Cobb and uh, I guess Alexander already got activated, so that he he doesn't count. Um, Zedarius, I guess, is the other guy. So like, if yeah. two guys come up, two guys have to go down. I, I could see Winfrey being one of those guys who drops down mm-hmm. just in terms of the numbers game. Um, Patrick Taylor, NFL running back, definitely yeah. an NFL running back. He looks oh, yeah. good. He's you, great. You, you've been on him since day one, and um, yeah, fifty three yards, eleven carries. I think at least three or four that he broke off for for ten yard gains or so. Um, Good burst running inside and outside. Um, loving the the prospect of this running back stable next year. When you get Kylan Hill back, still got Jones and Dylan, and then Patrick Taylor in that mix. That's a that's a great f- set of four guys. And especially if if Hill and Taylor can both play special teams, and if you can roster all four of those guys somehow, that's a great unit. All right, so let's say all four <laughs> of these guys are back. Kylan is probably a key return man again because yep. he's going to be RB3 at best. Does that put Omari Rodgers in a position where he's on the roster bubble? Should. I mean, he should he should be on the roster bubble as it is. So, unless something, I agree. something drastic changes during uh during the offseason this, you know, this summer, um it, it he certainly hasn't added anything on on offense and 
I think it's it. You can certainly make the case that he's been a net negative on special teams. <sighs> All right, um, yeah. Jordan Love. There, there's a lot of <sighs> there's a lot of like don't make a referendum off of this game take type thing, but like between the preseason, between these games, we've basically gotten three full games of snaps out of Jordan Love. We saw him in his college career. He went through the whole draft process, all that stuff. I don't think he's a different guy than he was coming out of college. I think he's the same guy. Yeah. And that I same haven't... guy is he's not an NFL starter right now. So yeah. the the development curve just hasn't seemed to to take off certainly the way you'd like it to. So um, still kind of occasional inaccuracy issues. Um, the second pick today was was one of bad. those. Real bad. Yeah. Yeah. The first pick, um, Amari just gave it up to the defense. Shots to yep. Amari. I mean, well, and it got tipped at the line of scrimmage too. Yeah. So there was yeah two different two different issues on that one. I'm I'll I'm not going to blame him for that one, but the second one was was all love. Um, missing on the the throw to EQ that could have been a 70 yard touchdown too. Um, I know he had pressure in his face, but I don't know if that's a you just need to you know trust it, step into your throw, take the hit, and and deliver it. Um, have to watch back at that one and see what happened there, but. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it doesn't feel great. So it's, uh, you know, I think we we need to be on the, you know, the he's coming back bandwagon. If Rogers comes back, there's really no point in having love on the oh, roster no. still. No. So if if you're gonna do that, it's not a good quarterback class in terms of the draft. If there's ever a year where you're like, hey, this guy still has some value in him, we're not saying. He's for sure not going to make it. He's for sure going to make it. You're just taking an educated bet and saying, all right, we would like to exchange Jordan Love for a second-round pick when we have Aaron Rodgers coming on to a new contract. This is the offseason to do it. Done. You got to yeah. do it. And you Absolutely. Do it. No Call Washington every week. Every week. <laughs> yep. Call Washington every week. Hell, um, at this point, call Indy. Yeah. I mean, they, like, just get, they get first-round picks for Carson Wentz. Right. You never know. And you and like you said, you know they don't trust Carson Wentz moving forward. He he pretty well lost them or uh, that game today. So yeah, make some make some phone calls. See if you can get a dumb GM to bite. That's one of the that's one of the things a good GM should always do is call bad GMs with trade offers and see what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, five checks for the offensive side of the ball. I'm not really worried about anything I saw today. Um. I guess I'll go like eight out of 10 just because I don't know how much you can take from this game in general. Um, but feeling, feeling pretty good. Uh, other than Rogers, just holding on to the ball way too long. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my only, my only minus. So I'm, I'm, I'm at a nine. I am feeling sky high on this offensive line situation. Cobb's coming back. Um, Lazard has been just a monster down the stretch. Um yeah, I'm I am as excited for for this offense as as I've been. And they and they scored a first drive touchdown in this game too, which they sure did. How many, how many of those have they had this season? One, two, maybe. Uh so yeah, I'm I am I am rolling high right now. This is great. I'm I'm excited going into the playoffs. On the defensive side, uh with Campbell out, uh Oren Burke started at inside linebacker, which I thought was expected. Um the Fox team, I don't know who they talked to in the production meeting. They had a McDuffie in, in the graphic. Yeah. And I was like, what? 
Duffy hasn't gotten like a defensive snap like this whole year. I don't. What games no. are you guys watching? Um, so Burks got in. He started at inside linebacker. I thought he did okay. There were a couple times where they had him one on one with a wide receiver. Wide receiver crosses his face. He just can't catch up. Which, you know, college safety. You would you would hope that uh, you know he would be able to run better with those guys. But at the end of the day, he is an NFL linebacker. The Lions threw absolutely everything out there. Mm-hmm. There was a fake punt throw. There was a like double end around trick play touchdown. There was a like end around flea flicker touchdown. Yep. Uh, there was Equinamius St. Brown in at quarterback to run the triple option. Um, or Evan Rod and his brother, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got, it's got okay. The There's first two. Stuff. You got two St. Browns in this game. They they kept showing the Brown family on on TV all game long. So you're you're all good. <laughs> one one thing I forgot. It, the dad's name is John Brown. Yep. He changed his name to St. Brown. He changed the children's the name kids' to names Brown. to St. Brown. Yeah, because he thought Brown was too boring. So he's like, no, we'll we'll call it St. Brown to to jazz it up a little bit. Who's St. That, Brown? That yes, patron saint of I don't know package delivery or something. I I, I got nothing. <laughs> no, they're they're a fascinating story. They're a fascinating family. Um, I know they touched on it a little bit on the on the broadcast. I mean, all the kids are trilingual and. You know, the, their, their mom is, is a German fashion designer and dad's Mr. Universe. And it's, it's crazy, but um, it is kind of fun to, to see, um, you know, those guys and they've got a younger brother Osiris coming up. I think he's at Stanford, I think. Yeah, he's at Stanford. Um, I'm so going to probably be, USC. yeah, so he'll, he should be probably draft eligible in the next couple of years. So you'll, you'll see a third St. Brown in the, in the league in not too long. These Packers can stop uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll tell you nope. that. Uh, eight nope. receptions over 100 yards i mean he was just he was a headache all game and frankly up. he's going to be a headache moving forward i know he's had something like six consecutive eight reception games or something like that they finally are like feeding him they mm-hmm. realize what they have in him he's going to be a player packers fans are going to hear about him for at least the next three seasons before his next contract is up and then we'll see after that but he looks like a damn good player um it's interesting that you know, the, the news came out this morning that, like, uh, Anthony Lynn and Campbell are going to part ways. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Lynn, Lynn was another guy who was a former Parcells guy, which is why I think, you know, they, they kind of meshed together and, you know, were kind of a package deal when they when they went to Detroit. Um, one year, doesn't work out, and Campbell's calling plays, and he's calling all these trick plays, and he's like, never die, never die ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see what that offense looks like moving forward because you can't come away watching this game feeling that Jared Goff is the answer at quarterback. And they do have – they're about to have the second overall pick. I know it's not a good quarterback class, but you can probably use that second overall with, with you know, Russell Wilson apparently, you know, going to be on the trade market again and all these other guys, you know, floating around. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be traded at some point. Like, you can – find some sort of upgrade from Jerry Goff over this offseason. So I don't know if yep. Jared is going to be the starter week one next year. I don't know. You did mention they've got the second overall pick. If they had just lost this game, they would have had the number one pick because the Jaguars beaten the Colts. Yes. So they uh, they ended up shooting themselves in the foot by uh, a little bit long term by, um, you know, not just rolling over and, and letting the Packers roll over them. But um no, Campbell was he, he pulled everything out and um and it mostly it all worked. You know, we'll touch on that that fake punt in a minute, but um 
you know, you get a, a, a little slot receiver throwing a 75 yard touchdown pass. I think I saw what they say on the broadcast. It was the longest touchdown pass by a non quarterback since like 2003, something ridiculous like that. And, and Lafleur was hot about it in his presser too. Furious. He was pissed. Um, he was going off and he was like, I'm not done yet. Yeah. After and, and talking about how, you know, no, all 11 guys have to know what the hell they're doing. And um, yeah, he was, he was real unhappy with, with the fact that they, uh, they gave up a couple of those big plays and those trick plays. So expect some, uh, some heated defensive meetings, I think this week and, and into next week. For as much as people make this game out to be, you know, they rest their starters in the second half. That was really on the offensive side. And the, mm-hmm. in the, on the defensive side, the secondary was there the entire game up until probably the fourth quarter, I would yeah, say. I think and so. then, you know, the, the front, they were they were doing like the mass subs thing, right? Where it was like, you know, they would start a drive with Tipa and Garvin or something like that. And then the next drive, it would be Kenny's out there and Dean Lowry's out there and, and uh, Gary's out there and Preston Smith's out there. Shouts to Preston Smith. He was trying his heart out to get yep. that last sack uh, that would earn him like a million and a half dollars between Go- Goff just would not let it happen. There was one where, um, yeah, he just barely got a, a bad throw off or, or throw away off that, that Preston had him in his grasp. He was so close. Jerry Goff is anti-labor. That's canon. <laughs> That's canon. But yeah, I mean, they, they, they moved the DBs around a little bit. Um, King was getting in there. I, I did see that like when they did pull their starters, they pulled Adrian Amos and put in Henry Black, which I mm-hmm. thought was interesting. Savage didn't go well for the record. Yeah, there no, was a, did not. Can't remember that was a, a Saint, another Saint Brown play where Black went in for a big hit and just bounced right off of him. Yeah, that was a uh, that was when Channon Sullivan went out momentarily, so Shamar John Charles came in. Yes, John right. Charles had him in man coverage, and Henry Black was the rat, which is just basically like. I'm just knocking the crap out of anyone who comes across the middle. He misses him, basically. Um, just gets the guy bounced off of him. And then uh, St. Brown ends up just running past Shamar John Charles. And it's like, oh, we had that Great. double covered. And he just just beat it. He just beat it. He's a better yep. football player than you guys are. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. I thought Savage played really poorly in this game. Yeah, Honestly, he just stands back there and just watches mm-hmm. plays happen kind of a little bit. So he's the one guy i worry the most about in the secondary in terms of the base secondary when it comes to playoff time because like let's just go over those teams again i mean it's gronk right it's uh dang i'm spacing on his name for the cowboys he's a schultz. tight end schultz yep higby's not really that guy but Ertz, uh kittle and goddard yeah damn near every matchup yeah. you're gonna have to match up with some of these tight ends that hit some guys across the middle and if savage uh-huh. is just standing there straight up like that's that's gonna be a mismatch sometimes. It's not like yeah. Savage is a huge dude. He's a guy who has like man cover skills, like a cornerback. But like, you're a safety. You're gonna have to pop some guys sometimes. Like, come yeah. down, make come downhill, and make a tackle. Yeah, not great. That uh, that's that's the matchup that scares me the most on on defense. And I think a lot of this game too. Um, you saw the absence of Devondre Campbell a lot in this game Um, that I think, you know, I I mentioned it is he may be the most, the single most important player on this defense defense, just based on what replacement level is behind him. You know, that drop down from him to Chris Barnes, Kenny Clark is maybe the other possibility. Right. Um, 
but man, yeah, this, this, this defense is a totally different animal without Campbell in there. A hundred percent. And they were, they were playing weird games when they did have to use uh, Burks and Barnes at the same yep. time. Like they would drop down Barnes to the line of scrimmage and kind of have him play like almost like a Zadarius type of role just to get like five up front. And then Burks was the guy who was cleaning up everything, you know, sideline to sideline. And it, it makes sense because Burks has that speed, but when you're rallying, you're, you're forcing every ball to Burks to make him make that tackle. That's different than if it's that, that guy is Campbell, you know what I mean? Like right. they're just different kind of physical presences, I guess is, is the way to yep. kind of explain it. Um, the other thing, Dean Lowry, great game. Yes. Um, was they, they ran a ton of uh, power run, which is, you know, not surprising when Jamal Williams is your running back and Dan Campbell was calling plays for you. Um, he was splitting a lot of that stuff in the backfield, uh, beating a lot of down blocks and stuff like that. Um, there was even one like a uh, pin and pull play where he just full on takes out the first puller. He was just mm-hmm. like, nope, mine. This play is yep. dead now. And then I think, I believe he got a sack too. Like Dean Lowry probably he did. played. Yeah. He probably played his best game since like October when he was like really going off. Um, yeah. That yeah, was good to see. yeah. And that's that sack came, I think, one play after the Lions starting center went out with an injury. And whoever they brought in to to back him up, they lined Lowry right over the nose and he just drove him straight back eight yards right into Jared Goff's lap. Yeah. That was that was one of the the most impressive plays I think I've ever seen Dean Lowry make. Um they were they were playing some games with the the alignment on the defensive line, I thought too. I mean Lowry played over the nose a little bit. There were a couple of snaps where I saw they were in a, a four down lineman front, which yeah. I haven't seen really much at so all this year. They did that a little bit. And it was yeah. always in a real specific situation. I remember I charted this stuff. It was uh, when, when teams were backed up for whatever reason. They, okay. they went to a lot. Like when teams started a drive inside their own 15. Got like it. against San Francisco, this happened a good amount. Um, but yeah, they, they haven't been doing it recently. And I don't think they've done it since Jalen Smith got released. Honestly, I think yeah. that's the last time that we really saw those looks. So hmm. it'll be interesting to see. Um, kind of what the common thread is i guess between all of those moments yeah um in terms of vibe checks where are we at defensively i i don't think this was a good game at all for the defensive side i mean at the end of the day you're still going against jared goff you couldn't stop a rookie wide receiver with your starters your your depth really got shown um the trick plays are the trick plays whatever but there were other things to be worked on other than just that. So I'll say like six out of 10. Yeah. And that's where I'm at too, because, because Campbell being out for this game, I think makes such a huge difference Um, between that and the trick plays. um, I think you get a a, a more normal situation. You know, if if this was a playoff game, I'm a hundred percent confident Campbell would have played and probably would have played well again. Um, So they're just, I'm I'm sure they're just being extra cautious with him. So I'm not worried about him coming back and, and playing well at all in a couple of weeks. So I do think that makes a, a huge difference. And if we get this version of Dean Lowry again, two weeks from now, uh, him and Kenny Clark, um, that's with Campbell back behind them. That's going to be a good thing uh, moving forward. Plus Jair's coming back. So there's, there's reasons to be optimistic. I think that, that this was a little bit of an outlier and um but to your point there's some discipline issues 
um and you've got some some question marks about the the coverage especially deep over the middle with savage in particular and then in the slot so those are the areas where i'm you know i'm going to be most concerned uh seeing how the the matchups look uh two weeks from now yeah and i think a lot of the same brown stuff honestly is coming from the slot and yes. may, maybe yep. that's maybe that's something where they look and they're like damn we need Jair there or yep. we need russell douglas there or something because I, I think both of them are more likely to play in there than Stokes, just because if, yes. if if Douglas is being that aggressive and you're that aggressive in the slot, like those are house calls, you know, and yep. he's already making house calls, but you can get a lot more of those from the inside. And that that's a game, game changing play. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Gray even said this week that Stokes is a boundary corner right now. He doesn't want to, you know, pressure him with with adding adding any of those types of responsibilities onto to his plate so that tells me that if they're going to do anything it's going to be jair rasul and with a, a guy like amon ra who is he's he's a decently sized guy he's not huge but you know he's he's decently built and he's not a burner but he's a really good route runner he's a good technician um i think that's where a guy like rasul maybe you know body him a little bit at the line of scrimmage and you know see if you can throw him throw him off a little bit off his release. Maybe that's a way to combat that a little bit. So again, it, it'll come down to the matchups and, and who they play in a couple of weeks, but um, that's going to be probably one of the things I'm going to watch most when the Packers are on defense in a couple of weeks. Moving on to special teams. Um, Amari Rogers was returning on kickoffs and punts. Uh, again, David Moore was out for COVID. So we don't know what that's going to look like. You know, in the divisional round, you know, there's a chance that he ends up being the punt returner in that situation, I would guess. Um, not great. Uh, there, there was that one kickoff return where Amari was already in the end zone and he took it out. And it just reminded me of the Kristen Michael, like, oh, I got to show coach something, you know, yeah. I, I got to show coach something type ass play. So th- those type of things always worry me when when there's a whisper of desperation and you have to return a play, it's 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 not good. It's not good because that's when yep. dumb decisions get made, and it's about to be playoff time. Well, it was it the one that it reminded me of was the time Montgomery return against the Rams. Um, he did everything but fumble that Rodgers yeah. did on that one. So that that would have really been the uh, the the icing on the on the cake if he had somehow lost lost the ball i was watching the the game on sunday ticket because here in ohio we had the the browns Bengals game on local tv of course why why fox picked that that one up um and and didn't leave that one on cbs i i will never know but uh so because of that i was about a a minute and a half behind on the sunday ticket stream and i saw everybody screaming at amari in the slack chat and i'm thinking oh shit he pulled a ty montgomery and and fumbled this kickoff didn't he and so i was i was all prepared for for worst case scenario when i actually saw that play come up so that was that was rough he did have a nice punt return i mean that was kind of nice that was um, his best one of the year i think lions punter totally outkicked his coverage on that that play i think it was yeah that was a 67 yard punt so it still ended up netting him like 45 yards but um no not great um but there was one very fun play on special teams, which was the Lions fake punt when your guy Tipa was, uh, was going down in coverage. Hands up. And, yeah. His hands, his hands go up. Your hands go up. That was great. Yeah. The, uh, I, I was joking that uh, Iguabuke has got to learn from, from Devonte Adams when to, when to have those late hands. Cause that was all Tipa was doing 
you know, the, the last, you know, he the, had the ball, one move, the he ball, the move. ball was, was at the top of its arc and he already had his hands up. Yeah. No. Yeah. He, he, he could have ran 80 yards. With hands <laughs> yeah. he, he was not putting his hands down. He had one move and he knew exactly what he needed to do. That was funny. Yep. Yeah. Um, he did get his butt kicked a couple times in this game too, by the way, on the defensive side, that, t- that, what was it? The rushing touchdown. Um, yeah. He just runs 10 yards into the backfield and then it's Isaac Yadam one-on-one for, yeah. for a touchdown. Basically. That, that was a Rashawn Gary special. Yeah. That was, that was Tiba, not great. But... That was not great. They still, again, I still contend Darius is the, the biggest X factor this whole playoffs because yeah. him coming back helps their defensive line depth so much more than the improvement anywhere else. Cause you look at cornerback, they've been solid at corner. You look at tackle, they've been solid at tackle. Defensive line is really where they're like, we have two NFL players right now. And if yep. those guys aren't healthy and they're not on the field or they get gassed, you can pretty much do whatever you want to this team. So yep. uh, one less uh, fun special teams play Mason missed a PAT and there was seemingly no issue with mm. the snap, no issue with the hold. It was just, it was oh, on Mason. his hash. It was a PAT yeah. and, and it's a, it's in a dome. It's not what you want to see at a kicker. No, that wasn't great. That wasn't great at all. I'm yeah, so, yeah th- th- that's the one where I think I finally tilted to the uh, Mason's probably not here next year. Yeah, uh, side of the coin. I, I I think that's the fun the the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Well, and again, his his contract is going to make it hard for him to stick around anyway. Um, with with the cap situation the way it is, they're going to have to find you know, two, $3 million here and there where they can, if they're going to try to bring Aaron and, and Devante back next year. So I think that's an easy place to, to pick up about two and a half million dollars in cap space. If they, uh, you know, if they really need to, to find some extra money to go around. Um, I don't, I don't think we've talked about this guy on the pod yet, but a guy you're going to hear me being a big advocate for during draft season, Matt Ariza, the punter from San Diego state mm, who can just, yeah. He can just hit 80-yard punts at will. He kicks off. I'm sure he could kick. Maybe he could hold it for himself, too. Potentially snap. <laughs> like, draft, draft that guy, and uh, we'll save us some money. We'll save us some money. That, that's my thought. Special teams vibes. I'm going, like, 4 out of 10. We got Amari Three. returning. Yeah, yeah, like, we got Amari returning. He's, it doesn't look good sometimes. And our, our kicker, Mr. PAT. We're, we're yeah. about to go on a Super Bowl run. Please. Please just, spare me. Just don't leave it in that unit's hands. Just don't let anything like, oh gosh. Oh. But Boho had a, a bad shank last week. Like, don't don't end up going. Please don't go full chargers. Is all I ask for at this point. <laughs> uh, before we get out, Man. let's uh let's do rooting interests for for these NFC games. Yeah. Who do we want to win? Is it just upsets across the board? Is that what we want? so eagles over bucks for sure right yeah. like that 100 no no question bring, about bring that me one. jalen hurts and lambo yep first first playoff game let's do absolutely it. for sure um niners cowboys pro, uh, only that because tough i'm kittle, rooting for whoever brings uh, anthrax into the stadium <laughs> yeah kittle is the one that scares me the most i think out of out of either of those two i mean kittle and debo is but then again, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy could turn into a pumpkin at any point. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and Dak, and the Cowboys just lost Gallup. 
yep gallup gone you know Dak's ankle and and all the issues he's been having that's not going to go well in, in lambo i don't think so um as far as cardinals rams go i mean i think with a full offense i think this this packers team can put up 30 plus on the cardinals defense right as currently constructed without too much trouble um but they just they have the rams number right now and and yeah. the rams don't scare me at all so i'm I'm okay either way on that one. Um, you know, if Tampa and Dallas end up winning, neither one of those two teams from the West really scare me coming into Lambeau at this point. Um, but yeah, if you're putting a if you're putting a gun to my head and tell me to pick one, I might. Oh man, I probably go Cardinals just because I don't think Kyler is going to be able. You know, Kyler in the snow in the cold at Lambeau, I don't think that's going to work out so well. And yeah, I, I feel good about Green Bay putting up points on that defense. See, I worry a little bit about Kyler just yeah. because we, we just came off the hunt lead. Like, we can't stop yeah. the scrambling quarterback game. Yeah. So, I'm still a little worried about that. Let, less so about Hurts just because Hurts is just – he's so much more limited as a passer compared mm-hmm. to Kyler in terms of how dynamic his throwing lanes and stuff like that are. So, I think I'm with, I'm with you. Go go Eagles. Go Cowboys, honestly. I, I, I don't want so. – I don't want – I don't want a piece of shit uh, like the the – me being lulled into not being afraid of the 49ers and then having Shanahan and Kittle and Ayuk yeah. and Debo just come and, and rip us a new one is not what I want. So probably go Cowboys, bring me McCarthy. I know we can outthink McCarthy, I promise. <laughs> and then Rams over Cardinals, I think is what I want. I think just so because too. the Kyler X factor of him just yeah. running around, I, I don't need that stress. Yeah, you've, you've, you've got me on that one. All right. Uh, got anything else to plug? No, I think, uh, just, just keep it here. We'll have wildcard weekend coverage. So, um, and then we'll have to see what it looks like. Cause I am going to be out for the divisional card or divisional playoff weekend. Um, should be back knock on wood. If, uh, Packers can, can win their first game. I should be back in time for conference championship week, but, uh, got a little tropical vacation coming up. So I'm getting out of the cold, gross Ohio went winter, and uh, going to go sit out on a beach and, and watch the divisional round game in a nice warm island climate. So looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have everything still rolling, of course. Yeah, just get ready for the Super Bowl. Let's do be it. ready for the Super Bowl. It's what they're oh, telling yeah. us, Darius. We need you tweeting out the little <laughs> clock emojis and stuff. Yep, there we go. <laughs> couple weeks, couple weeks, baby. Nice week right. off. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Keep it tuned to the feed. Uh, Click everything on the website this week. Hopefully we get some good injury news, if any injury news. No COVID news. None. Yeah.